we will look at some potential last-minute steal sources and some pitchers to target for the final Sunday. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, September 23rd. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper. And DVR, uh, we are coming at you on uh, early Wednesday here. So we've got the Tuesday slate behind us. And it's really the last opportunity to uh, look at pitchers or their, their most recent performance and then see if maybe they can help us out this coming Sunday on the, well, I, I technically the final day of the season. Um you know, we're anticipating there'll be some makeup games on Monday, but you know, in terms of the schedule that we can project at this point, um, you know, it's 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 kind of the last hurrah. So we'll look at some of those uh, pitchers, how they did on Tuesday, and how they might do this coming uh, Sunday, and uh, the usual roundup of of news and uh, streamers for the coming day as well. So uh, let's get to it. DVR, uh, we are not done with opt outs. Andrelton Simmons announced on Tuesday that he's opting out for the remainder of the season, which I believe at that point that he announced it was only five games. But, uh, you know, in NL only leagues or even some some deeper mixed leagues, that's something you'll have to adjust to. And uh, the Diamondbacks activated Catal Marte from the IL. And in a corresponding move, they put Josh Rojas, who's dealing with a back issue, put him on the IL. So does Marte go back to being a must-start player rest of season? And again, we're you know at this point addressing daily lineup leagues. Um, or between him coming off of a wrist issue and just underperforming this season, is this really more of a day-by-day streaming situation? I think it's probably a little more day-by-day because before he got hurt, he just hadn't been playing at a level this season that was even close to the massive breakout from a year ago, just two homers and 176 plate appearances. You know, the average was fine at 291, but he wasn't even getting on base the same clip that we'd seen in previous years either. And I think he's either been dealing with a nagging injury for longer than he's let on or something is going on that we just don't know about. So I I don't think he's a must start. I, I think in cases where you waited to see if he'd come back, you could at least strongly consider throwing him back into a lineup. I actually have him in mixed tout wars and I could activate him as a, a midweek lineup swap. But my first thought when I saw the news was wait and see rather than immediately push him back into the lineup. I mean, part of that's just every situation being unique, but you know, compared to even AJ Pollock, I'd actually rather play Pollock than Cattell Marte at this point. Well, you know, that's understandable. Uh, and, you know, in terms of the rest of the schedule, um, you know, the well, actually, we're going to talk about this because uh, on Wednesday, there's a, an interesting matchup with the Rangers. And you would, you know, generally think that, um, you know, that'd be a good situation to start a hitter. But kind of an interesting uh, situation there that we'll talk about. And then a four-game series to end up the seri- uh, season uh, against the Rockies. And that'll be in Phoenix. And um, the... Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see him face uh, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland as a part of that. Uh, and um, Antonio Sensatella as well. So some some potentially challenging matchups for uh, for Marte, to be sure. Uh, and some other news. Um, 
Justin Turner was scratched on Tuesday against the Oakland Athletics with hamstring discomfort. So the the third base pool has really gotten shrunk in the last week or so, a number of notable injuries there. Um, So Turner day to day. And Dylan Moore, who's somebody that, you know, he's one of those players, DVR, that, you know, when you look at the records of teams or the placement of teams that got certain players. I imagine Dylan Moore helped a lot of teams do really well in this uh, truncated season, really coming out of nowhere to be um, an across-the-board contributor. His season is over. The Mariners placed him on the concussion IL. And there's obviously nothing much to do here other than to replace Moore on your roster if you can. But I, I think it's a, a it gives us a, a reason to look at the um, performance of players from last season after about two months, since this was basically a two-month season, uh, not, not quite done yet. But I was a little bit surprised looking at the leaderboards from last year, and I wasn't looking at uh, like roto value leaderboards or point value leaderboards because that's kind of hard to get from a just a, a slice of a season. So I looked at the WOBA leaderboards on fan graphs through the end of May from last year. I looked at pitcher ERA. And the leaderboards after those slightly more than two months from 2019 didn't really look that crazy. Like didn't you didn't have a lot of players on those leaderboards that clearly didn't belong there in a season-long leaderboard. And just to give you an example, in the WOBA leaderboards for hitters, Jack Peterson was ranked 7th, Jorge Polanco was 10th, Daniel Vogelbach was 22nd. So those are some clear outliers. But you know, otherwise, it's kind of the the usual suspects. Um, Cody Bellinger was first. Josh Bell, who had a good season, although uneven, was second. Christian Yelich, Anthony Rendon, Mike Trout. You get the idea. Um, and not very many outliers on the ERA leaderboard either. Spencer Turnbull was really the only name there that didn't really come close later in the year. So what kind of perspective does this give us on somebody like Dylan Moore, who just performed so far beyond most of our expectations? I think he's one of the toughest players to evaluate because we hadn't seen him get a prolonged opportunity in the big leagues prior to this season. And this season is shortened and messed up for all the reasons you described. I think you could try and go back and and look at snapshots of previous years and and have a little extra context maybe and just get a feel for how much a a player can surprise over a 50 to 60 game stretch. and, And maybe that helps. I mean, I'm taking a snapshot of July 1st of last season to August 31st and looking at stolen base leaders. And it's players you'd expect to see there. You know, it's Acuna, it's Malik Smith, it's Jonathan Villar, it's Starling Marte, it's Trey Turner. And I think the category that makes me the most curious about Dylan Moore is stolen bases. He had 12 steals this year to go with the eight home runs, showed a decent eye at the plate, enough to the point where you think, He's going to have a prominent role in the lineup to begin 2021, and he hit the ball hard. So you, you have all these boxes that are being ticked. You have a combination of power and speed. You have underlying numbers that really kind of support both of those things. Uh, I think this is kind of legit. I, I don't know if he's going to get probably like the Danny Santana treatment where he's a, a fringe 100 overall type player that people aren't necessarily going to believe in, but I think if he's at or around that price point on draft day in 2021, if I had to make the call today, I'm actually leaning towards saying that's a fair price for Dylan Moore next season. Yeah. And I, you know, at that, at that price point, I, there's not a tremendous amount of risk, really. You know, there's not the players that you're, you know, guaranteeing that you need to keep on your roster all year long. So it makes, makes a certain amount of sense to me. 
And by the way, you know who else has 12 steals uh, as of right now is Roman Quinn. So we're going to talk about him in a little bit and another player who might be good for some steals over the last few days of the season. Uh, But before we get to Roman Quinn, we've got a message from our friends at Roman. Uh, Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually it just gets brushed off or it's avoided altogether with excuses. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Baseball15, and that's the word 15 spelled out. GetRoman.com slash Baseball15, and complete an online visit. Rectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Baseball15 today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Baseball15 GetRoman.com slash Baseball15. So DVR, it's time to take a look back at Tuesday's slate and see what we can get, what we can glean from that. And, you know, as I said at the outset of the show, I mean, I think one of the most useful things about this slate is that the way that these pitchers line up is that a lot of the pitchers who started on Tuesday could conceivably get starts on Sunday. And so we get a preview of some uh, pitchers who, you know, may not have even been on our radar. For example, Bryce Wilson and Nick Pavetta, um, who were both just recently called up uh, and both had really good starts. And in fact, they're going to start against each other on Sunday if the current, um, you know, rotations uh, stay in place and line up as they currently do. Wilson went five innings against the Marlins, five scoreless innings with three hits and a walk and seven strikeouts. Pavetta against the Orioles, also five innings, one run on four hits, three walks, but eight strikeouts. So um, how do you feel about Sunday? I mean, I realize there's some risk in terms of rotations changing, but if they're both projected uh, to start on Sunday, would you start both? Would you pick one over the other? Would you go with neither? I think I like Wilson a little bit more. We've seen Pavetta fail on a few occasions at the, at the big league level, and, and maybe maybe I'm colored too much by that. But I think with Wilson, we're, we're seeing a deeper arsenal. You know, We're seeing a fastball averaging 94, but we're seeing a slider, a changeup, and a curve to go with it. I think when you bring four pitches to the table, you can keep a lineup guessing. I, I think it's risky. I think both of these guys are extremely risky. But if I had to take that chance, I'm more comfortable taking the chance with Bryce Wilson at this point because uh, facing the Baltimore offense in particular, I, I just think that's an easier matchup than having to try and deal with the Atlanta lineup, which Nick Pavetta will have to do. Uh, excellent point there. And a couple other pitchers who did surprisingly well on Tuesday will go up against each other on Sunday. Austin Gomber and Brett Anderson. And Anderson, somebody we actually talked about a little bit on the Tuesday show. Um, I liked him as a streamer. I was glad I used him on Tuesday. Uh, better than some other selections I made on Tuesday. But um, Anderson went six innings. Um giving up just one earned run, two runs total on four hits, no walks, seven strikeouts for uh, Anderson in a, a you know really nice outing. And, and, you know, when we talked about him on the Sunday show, you know, I said I thought that he, you know, 
maybe wouldn't do great, but I didn't see him being terrible. And against the Reds, he was far better than just okay. And then Gomber against the Royals, five scoreless innings, just three hits, no walks, just three strikeouts. So they go against each other, uh, at least at this point. That's how it projects. Uh, Brewers, Cardinals, we're going to have Anderson and Gomber. So same question with these two. I just think Anderson is Wade Miley 2.0 in terms of just being this sort of veteran lefty who doesn't strike a lot of guys out but induces enough weak contact and ground balls to really make it work. It can be scary because you're watching a guy get hit a lot, but uh, I, I think if you're not really chasing strikeouts, then Anderson's perfectly fine. Win probability is probably near even for that matchup on Sunday. I'm not worried about ratios being any worse than they are with someone like Gomber. I think the only thing that would lead you to Gomber is being in a more desperate situation for strikeouts. That's the the key difference between the two guys skills-wise. But overall, I, I just trust Anderson's track record a lot more, even though we saw Gomber pitch really well against the Royals. Yeah, okay. And uh, just to put the focus on hitters a little bit, and really not hitters so much as base stealers, but you know they have to get on base, of course, to do that. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of commentary uh, about Adel, uh, Adelberto Mondesi um, getting the stolen bases without getting on base very much. It's really been the same deal with Roman Quinn. He got his 12th stolen base of the season uh, against the Nationals on Tuesday. Uh, he has not been thrown out at all this season. He has five steals in his last nine games. But the Nationals are, you know, a good team to run against. One of the best uh, for base stealers in the majors. Quinn's got one more game against the Nationals. And then the Phillies move on to three at Tampa Bay to finish up the season. And so that led me to think, well, who do the Nationals finish up their season against? They get the Mets. And the Mets only really have one legit stolen base threat. That's Andres Jimenez who's really been playing just mostly against righties, so probably can X out that game uh, against Patrick Corbin. But uh, the remainder of the schedule, Max Scherzer, Anibal Sanchez, uh, and Austin both. And Sanchez has had his issues with base runners. Um, So Quinn, Jimenez, any appeal for either of these uh, players if you need steals? I think it's probably more Quinn because I feel a little bit about the playing time, the way he's been used lately if he does come in the game as a defensive replacement or as a pinch runner late in the game, he's going to get green lights because he's an elite runner. He's in the 100th percentile in sprint speed. As you mentioned, he's 12 for 12 this season. It's his carrying tool, his speed and his defense, the two things that continue to find him big league opportunities in Philadelphia. So he's not going to give you anything else really across the board. It's actually kind of surprising. He's got a couple of home runs this year. Uh, It's a very empty slash line, probably even worse than Adalberto Mondesi's because at least Mondesi brings the threat of more power to the table. But uh, if you're just pushing for those last couple of steals, yes, I think Roman Quinn is is worth taking a chance on. All right, and now let's uh, look ahead to Wednesday, some streaming possibilities. Uh, Dean Kramer, who's had a, a nice beginning to his career with the Orioles. He gets the Red Sox in Boston. Uh, he'll be opposed by Nathan Avaldi, who could also be available in some leagues. Logan Webb gets that... Um, that vaunted Rockies matchup in San Francisco. So we always like to see that. And Zach Eflin, who's been very up and down this year, he's going to finish out that Philly series in Washington. So Kramer, Evaldi, Webb, Eflin, who do you like from that group? I actually like Logan Webb quite a bit. I mean, I think Evaldi probably has the best baseline skills, the longest track record. So if you want to snap put him at the top of the list, that's fine. But I think Logan Webb, especially at home against the Colorado team that doesn't have Nolan Arenado, it ticks a lot of boxes. The Rockies are a below average offense, even with Arenado. So you take him out of the equation 
and it's even easier for a back-end starter like Webb to go out there and turn in five or six quality innings. So uh, Webb's probably the guy that, that jumps off the page for me. All righty. And um, I don't think there's a whole lot here in terms of hitters, but just an interesting matchup with the uh, Diamondbacks and the Rangers, which I alluded to earlier in the program. Wes Benjamin is the uh, projected starter here for the Rangers. Um, he hasn't actually started a game, but he's been in long relief and been pretty effective in that role. Uh, so, you know, you could look at this as an opportunity for the Diamondbacks hitters to, uh, you know, maybe do all right against uh, Benjamin, maybe get at the uh, Rangers bullpen, which is, you know, kind of middle of the pack. Uh, or you could look at it as an opportunity for Benjamin maybe to have his best performance uh, of the year against a Diamondbacks team that's been hitting better lately, but has really struggled over the course of the season. So which way do you lean on this one? You know, the stuff's not great. It's a low 90s fastball, but it's a deep enough arsenal where I could see Benjamin pitching fairly well in this spot. Uh, I don't think the Arizona offense brings a whole lot of excitement. I think you'd be stacking them in DFS for a tournament as opposed to targeting their bats for pickups in in season-long leagues. So really, it comes down to uh, game theory in, in DFS, but I I just don't like that lineup at all. I, maybe I'm bitter about our wins pool. <laughs> that could be well you know we haven't left left ourselves enough time for you to, to vent about that uh maybe on uh, a show later this week uh but uh unfortunately dvr or maybe fortunately uh, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, episode of fantasy baseball in 15 if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and review we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that for derek van riper i'm al melkier and we will be right back here on thursday <laughs> 